0: This is the Fitness Tech Podcast, Show Number Twenty Nine for April Eighth, Twenty Eleven. I'm again here at the Gallup Studios and uh, joined by Jamie Eichmeyer. Jamie, how are you?
1: Great. How are you doing, Jim? Uh, I'm
0: doing well. I'm a little sore from yesterday's run. We, we Where went out are you and sore ran. at? Uh, just legs, and legs. I think it's actually mm. from Wednesday's circuit. We did some circuit. Oh training.
1: yeah, that was a great and circuit.
0: I don't think the run got me. I think it's the DOMS after. Right,
1: for sure. After
0: that, so we have a long one. So yesterday's run was kind of interesting for us. We went out. It started raining. It was miserable. It was it cold. It was.
1: It was cold. I think it was even sleeting at one point. It felt like.
0: Yeah, breath. You could see your mm-hmm, breath coming you could. out and, and I uh,
1: think Jim had frost on his hair.
0: I, it was No, that's just the gray. <laughs> no. That's that's kids. <laughs> right? That's what that is. Yeah. That's kids in my hair. And uh it's pretty ugly, but uh it it uh, it does work. So Good run yesterday. Everybody's getting ready for Lincoln uh, here mm-hmm. in Nebraska. Those folks that are going to run the Lincoln Marathon.
1: Little over three weeks away. I'm
0: seeing tons of people out there running, and that's oh, awesome. Oh yes,
1: which is great. Drinsky is filled with people. Yeah,
0: it's good. So if you're listening, you're in the Omaha area. You're most likely getting ready uh, for the Lincoln Marathon or the Lincoln Half Marathon, and uh, and so. Or if you're that.
1: not in Omaha, you're probably running it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not it's out just out exciting for spring to come along. And yes. And, and to do something. It's official. Other other than run on the treadmill. So uh, Well, Jamie, last week we had uh, Dave Tyler on the mm-hmm. podcast, and Dave talked a little bit about his biking experience. He's kind of a mountain bike extraordinaire. He is. Out there, uh, does really well. This week I saw him several times in the fitness center on the stationary bike uh-huh. uh, doing his thing. This week, Brian Fagan is with us. Hi I guys. said Brian, didn't I? It's Ryan Fagan. Ryan. You got <laughs> it. There yes. we go. Hi. Ryan is with us. Uh, and Ryan, uh, Dave quoted uh, you Uh, As being, um, what did what what did he say, Jamie? What?
1: He's more a fitness suave on the 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 bike. He's (laughs) a pro. Talk (laughs) to the pro rider. The the pro. Yes, that's right. He said, talk to the pro. Next week, you'll be talking to the pro rider, Ryan.
2: Oh, that's funny. So, Ryan, real quick,
0: what do you do for Gallup here? Uh, I am a
2: I'm a learning and development consultant. So I conduct uh, a lot of trainings uh, for our clients around Q12 customer engagement, employee engagement, uh, strength development. I also uh, help companies hire the right people by analyzing talent, and uh, serve as an executive coach as well.
0: Very cool. Well, good. And then on the side, you're you're a biker, right? I mean, I
2: pretty much love everything to do with <laughs> uh, with bicycles. Yeah, I love riding, racing, training, wrenching on them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. Tell me a little bit about, so how did you get started? At what age did, you, did this kind of kick in? And, and kind of tell me how you got started in biking.
2: Mm, solo road trip during a college spring break. Okay. This would have been late 90s. All right. Uh, threw my camping gear and a random Huffy into the back of uh, my pickup truck, drove across three states, ended up in Utah, rode my bike a little bit in Utah, uh, broke my bike in Utah. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: uh, so, bro- <laughs> Uh, did you break it from like jumping or what? Uh, nothing? No, oh, nothing okay.
2: crazy. Like riding along and stuff's falling off. Huffy's not the best quality, anyways, right? Probably when. not yep, for yeah. riding around Utah. Okay, it reminds
1: me of the banana seat huffy, says kids.
2: right? Right. <laughs> okay,
0: so '90s, early '90s, uh, you kind of caught the bug.
2: Yeah, late late '90s, and when I returned from that when I returned from that spring break road trip, I bought a bike to get myself back and forth to UNO's campus. So I was living about a mile and a half north of, uh, of UNO kind of between Dundee and Benson. Okay. And uh, as you you know, in Omaha, parking at UNO is at a premium. And I was able to ride my bike to school, and that's how I kind of fell in love with it.
1: Cool.
0: So what, what took you from casual biking, biking back and forth to school? I mean, that's all utility kind of biking, right? Right. What took you from that to, to racing that, that you kind of do today?
2: There's a particular guy named Lucas, uh, who uh, Lucas Atkinson, actually, who was sitting next to me in a philosophy class, and we were, uh, well, conversing in the back of the class, and he on the back of a piece of notebook paper, he drew me a map to Swanson Park in Bellevue, which had some off-road trails, and I took my commuter bike basically down there And, uh, I must've fallen down at least three times the first time I went and I was by myself and I got a little bit lost and, uh, it hurt a lot, but I was hooked. Wow. Same guy that then convinced me, uh, same guy in the same class convinced me later that summer. Uh, so let's see, I think I did my first off-road ride on a trail in probably March or April and in July or August of that year, I went and signed up for my first race.
0: Okay, so just a couple months then, from having that first experience of saying, "Hey, I'm, I want to do this more," and and I really want to
2: ride. Yeah, and it really I was. Like it really that. was because of the, the you know the positive peer pressure of a friend. He was like, "Just do it," you know. And yeah, I, that's uh, what I did.
0: Jamie, mm-hmm. isn't that like the way it works? It, I mean, it we does. experienced that with that with, with the running folks. Exactly.
1: Right? mm-hmm. Just come on, run! They're like, "Oh, okay, I have no other choice, so yeah. and I'll do it." And then they're hooked.
0: That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good peer pressure. I mean, that's the good. kind of stuff yes. we, li- we like to see. Positive that peer pressure on that first ride, yeah, positive. Yeah. Uh, some people don't view it that way. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. They're like, "Oh, what have I gotten myself <laughs> into." <laughs> on that first ride down to Bellevue, a helmet or no?
2: Uh, yeah, I Helm- had a helmet. Okay, I so had a helmet at that point, mm-hmm. and there was enough. Uh, it's probably a good thing because there was enough. Uh, logs and things to jump over and I remember my fir- one of my first reactions was I can't believe people ride bicycles on this you know yeah and uh and now I can kind of do that trail with my eyes closed yeah and I, I've cool. watched
0: you I follow you on Twitter and on uh, Foursquare I think are you Foursquare guy Foursquare on Facebook Foursquare, yeah. yeah so you, sometimes you tweet or update in, in you know, I, I've watched it come to Bellevue and do some rides and talk about all the, you know you, you we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but but you've kind of upped your game a little bit from a biking perspective. Talk a little bit about before we get to that, kind of talk about the journey from the first race to where you are today. What, how, what did that look like? What, what were some, maybe some milestones along the way when, you know, typically folks get into some of these kind of activities and, and they get to a point where they quit because it gets to be too, too much, too expensive, what, what have you, what kind of got you past that hump when it, mm. when it came to biking?
2: Really, really good question. I would, I really would just say that it's uh, it was very much a community. A um, lot of, a lot of people have just really been encouraging along the way and there's always... Always, someone that you can ride or race with that is close to your level, and you can and we kind of drive each other. So I've always just kind of associated uh, and connected with people that uh, are pretty close uh, to my ability level, and we uh, and we encourage each other. But it, it's been it's been kind of a step by step evolution of uh, kind of getting faster and getting a little bit faster every year. But I guess a, a primary theme is is I've always just loved it. And uh, it gives me more energy and I enjoy the activity and uh, racing and competing is just another way to enjoy that activity.
1: That's exciting. And that's a lot like fitness, you know, um, working out with someone who's your capacity and you push each other and that's how you get motivated and more in love with the sport. So I love
0: that. Jamie and I kind of have that. I mean, yeah, yeah, she trains, but we go out. The two of us run a lot Mm -hmm. because we're about the same speed. Mm -hmm. And so you get I I imagine you have found folks from a biking experience who are similar, um, similar speed. They like to run the similar um, courses that you do. They kind of challenge you. Um, And there's a social element to that, right? I mean, it it sounds to me like you're saying I I really I, I enjoy it socially. I'm just it's just not all about winning. Although, I'm sure you're pretty competitive, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But a huge social element to that. You look forward to going to the events because there's people there that you ride with every weekend.
2: Exactly right. Exactly Mm -hmm. right. You know, now, there are races that I'll travel to where I don't know anyone. And uh, in in some sense, there's almost less pressure at some of those races, in a sense, to do well. Uh, But very much a social community. I mean, just just... Wednesday night, it was a perfect example. Uh, every Wednesday night during the summer, spring and summer, we have uh, what we affectionately call the Wednesday Night World Championships. Mm. That leaves uh, the Trek store around 70, by Nebraska Furniture Mart, and heads north to Fort Calhoun. And there's a couple of defined hills and sprint points where there's really nothing more on the line but bragging rights. But anywhere from 20 to 30 people will show up of varying levels of ability, and it kind of breaks into groups. And uh, the top guys, uh, we, fight, uh, we, we fight for bragging rights and a little bit of ego. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's awesome and it's great and it's just good for it's good spirited i'm sure and and uh but it, it still pushes you um you know each time you go out there does it does the same guy win every time in your group or is um, it mix around a little
2: bit n- no the same guy does not uh, the same guy does not win but uh there's you know th- it's there really isn't a clear defined winner there's just different hills and who gets to the top of what hill first yeah. and yeah. who did more work early on but it Believe me, it, for for it not being an official race, it's kind of amazing how much fodder it creates for conversations for the next week yeah. until <laughs> the next yeah. edition. I bet that's great.
1: Wow, what is um, the longest mile race you've done, and have you ever done Leadville?
2: Uh, I have not done uh, I have not done the Leadville, uh, the Leadville Leadville Trail 100, um, and I don't I, I probably will do that one at some point, but it's uh, it's not a huge priority uh, for me right now. Uh, my sweet spot in terms of race duration that I really seem to like is uh, around 50 miles on the mountain bike uh road races really uh really vary i've got a 70 mile road race coming up this sunday um the 50 mile 50 to 70 mile mark on the mountain bike races seem to be the most fun and uh i sign up for a lot of uh those races in wyoming colorado south dakota couple in missouri couple in kansas um perhaps one in minnesota or wisconsin this year uh, but that seems to be about my sweet spot. Beyond about the six or seven hour mark, I start wondering what's new on the Internet and I lose focus.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> well, six or seven hours is pretty good uh, to be able to hold it. What do you think about, I mean, what's your, what's your mind techniques that you go through? Because in endurance sports, right, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brain game at some point, right? It's a, it, it, and so what do, you, what do you do to keep your mind occupied for those longer ones?
2: You, you, if you just saw me giggling, uh, it's because last year I probably had one of my best 50 mile races ever at the Dakota Five O outside of uh, Spearfish, South Dakota. Um, 550 people signed up, and I finished uh, 25th. That's great. Um, really good. In the past, I finished the top 100, but I'd never really been able to break uh, break the four and a half hour mark. I'd always been kind of 450, 445, and I finished in right around four hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Um, A few pros in front of me, Uh, a couple of pros behind me, which made me feel good. Um, But my goal was negative splits. I wanted the last 25 miles to be faster than the first 25 miles. And I knew that pacing myself was going to be critical. And the difference between going too hard and going not too hard, I knew was going to be as subtle as, say, averaging 170 beats per minute on the heart rate uh, for the first hour versus, say, 165 beats per minute for the first hour. So I was really watching my heart rate. I was watching other people and really trying not to be competitive when people that I believe to be slower went around me very early on. I really had to hold myself back. Um, so I'm really thinking about it from a scientific perspective in a sense, and that I'm kind of looking at some numbers um, and also just trying to be really smart about racing. But I'm laughing because last year at the campfire after this race, I told my friends that for a large portion of the first probably it's, it's about an hour and a half of climbing that you do just kind of going up up and up and up the, uh, the, the Black Hills. And I, I really had, I hadn't, this is embarrassing, but I had an Usher song in my head. <laughs> and it was that song that goes, you remind me of a girl that I once knew. And the, mm. the, oh, the yeah. you know, the song is <laughs> just kind of in my head. And it was just kind of a good, like, I'm pacing myself. I'm, yeah. go, you know, I'm working it, but I'm not going too hard. And this is going to be right. And I just kept reeling. Those people that I saw in the first 20 minutes that I felt like I no, I'm faster than that guy, but they're going faster right now. I coddled those people two hours into it. So Cool. Okay,
0: so you, you're, you're really focused on, you mentioned the heart rate, right? In that, what do you use and what kind of technology do you use to, to make sure that you're in tune with all those parts on your bike and parts in your body?
2: Mm. Okay. Great, uh, great question. For a number of years, I used a Polar heart rate monitor and a wristwatch, and the wristwatch had a mount that would go on my handlebars so I could see it clearly. The last couple of years, I've started using uh, Garmin's products. I use a uh, Garmin Edge 500 bike computer. It of course records speed, distance, uh, cadence as w- and displays my heart rate. Uh, and I love the fact that it has a setting that will show me my heart rate, not just as a raw beats per minute, but as a, uh, as a heart rate zone. And I use five, five basic zones. Zone five is considered to be the lactate threshold, right? And zone four would be kind of that sweet spot that I can hold for hopefully hours on end, depending if I'm, you know, providing myself enough nutrients and sodium and that sort of thing. And, uh, it was showing me, I made it beep at me. I paint it, there's a setting in the device that allows it to beep at me any time I would go into zone five. I knew that would happen occasionally, mm-hmm. but I knew that I didn't want. if it started beeping, I knew that that was not a beep I wanted to be hearing for the next 30 minutes, because that would put me into uh, some trouble later on in the race. So right. I watched a big number on that screen, and it would say heart rate zone 4.1 or 4.2 or zone 4.5 or zone 3.9, and then I knew I was okay.
1: Towards the end of the race, do you try to get into Zone 5?
2: Um, I, I would pick some places. I kind of knew where the hardest, steepest climbs were on the course, and uh, I also kept an eye on my competitors. Um, early on, I was really focused on keeping my own pace. Towards the end of the race, I was really trying to decide where and when I would burn some matches. One guy went by me on a really steep section, but I knew that there would be a pretty flat section a little bit later on and I waited for that flat section and tried to save myself for that. I got to the flat. My competitor got to the flat section mm, probably about three minutes ahead of me based upon the timing. But when I got to the flat section, I still had some matches left to burn and uh, burn them appropriately, kind of knowing my strengths and weaknesses. He was a really, really skinny guy. And those are the guys that you know are gonna put time on put you on the steep stuff. But uh, I caught him on the flats and it, it worked.
1: Sweet. Um, For your training, do you do a lot of um, VO2 type training, like high endurance intervals on biking or different types of cardio exercise to get yourself that in shape for your heart rate?
2: Really good question. Uh, I just last fall purchased a power meter for my road bicycle, which allows me to do some very specific intervals and really identify the knife's edge difference, the precise difference between my sustainable uh, pace, say super hard lactate threshold pace for about an hour and uh, and what might be too much. And it's pretty amazing that the, the level of effort that you could put out on a bicycle has a pretty steep decline. Like there's a certain amount of effort you can do for four hours, a certain amount you can do for one hour, a certain amount of effort you can do for five minutes, for 20 minutes. And I've really been working on defining for myself exactly what those intervals are. And uh, this winter, I focused a lot on being just below my lactate threshold and holding that, uh, holding that for, uh, I've been doing about 70 minute blocks. Now I'll have some variance within that 70 minutes, but really no, nothing that you would consider to rest, Mm -hmm. basically low zone four to high zone four from a heart rate perspective, uh, and practicing that as a way of, uh, building what cyclists call their functional threshold power. Cool. Now during, when we get into May and June and I got more races coming up and I'm getting closer to what, uh, uh, coaches would call a peak period or my most important races. That's when I'll go out and I'll say, I've got five minutes and I've just got to bury myself for five minutes. Then I'm going to take a break for two minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bury myself for five minutes again. And that would be, uh, the more VO2 max, uh, VO2 max training. That's really meant to, uh, uh, train the, uh, ATP energy system.
1: There you go. Nice. What do you do to fuel yourself for those, um, recovery periods?
2: Boy, you know, the, uh, the proper fueling is a, uh, is a lifelong experiment, uh, I mm-hmm. think, uh, because racing for five hours in South Dakota or in Colorado or in Nebraska in July when it's 90 degrees and a lot of humidity, uh, I've measured my sweat rate on a couple of different rides in the summer, and uh, my sweat rate's abnormally high. I can sweat out at about 60 ounces of water in an hour. Wow. So it's almost impossible to replenish all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've tried a lot of different products, and I think I finally settled on a product last year uh, that has a really high degree of sodium, but I've backed off the level of protein in it and the level of carbohydrates in it. And and instead of that, uh, I used to have a mix that was higher carbohydrate, higher protein, and I would add a lot of sodium to try and deal with cramping. And that ended up being too much for my stomach to absorb. So I mm. think I found the right combination this year.
1: Oh, nice! Do you make that yourself, or do you buy it off the shelf?
2: Um, I use a company called Infinite Nutrition that will actually mix. Uh, you can talk to a nutritionist, cool. and they have you measure your sweat rate, and they'll mix it for you. Uh, of course, it's uh, it's a pretty penny, so I only use it for yeah. those most critical uh, most critical workouts. But uh, in the middle of the ra- in, a, in the middle of a race, if your nutrition isn't right. And your stomach is upset, or you're starting to bonk, or you're mm-hmm. starting to get cramps. Having the right the right mix of stuff in your water bottle and in your hip pocket is worth every single penny.
1: For sure. Yeah, it
0: sounds like you uh, you measured a lot of what you had to do. What did you use from a technology perspective for the measurements of it? Is it just an Excel spreadsheet, or did you use some kind of something online, or how did you keep mm-hmm. track of all that stuff? You, know, you talked about sweat rate and you know, all that stuff. I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, um, th- that's some amazing stuff. How do you keep track of it?
2: Oh, great. Uh, great question. I do work with a uh, with a coach who uh, I am self coached to some extent as well. But I work a lot with uh, with a coach who provides me uh, a lot of advice and insight around that. And he helps me keep track of some of that. A lot of it is just Google searching. I, I lead with uh, with learner, not discipline. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I track it all as maybe as disciplined as I should, but it does bounce around my brain a lot. Um, the sweat rate was using a uh, a scale, uh, both a scale to weigh my my myself as well as a scale to weigh all of the water that I drank on a ride. And of course, you then do some math: how much do you weigh before a ride, after a ride? Subtract what you drank, and you can kind of see how much fluid you lost. You do that a half a dozen times, and you get a sense for about what the average is on a hot day in July on a hard road ride. Um, as far as um, determining the right drink, Uh, infinite nutrition on their website. uh, They have uh, basically an interactive website that allows you to mix your own drink and it shows you an osmolality number at the bottom and gives you a range for how well your body will be able to absorb whatever mixture you've created using their interactive site. It's kind of fun to play with.
1: That would be a lot of fun. Wow. So that's,
2: uh, I talked with the nutritionist there and, and based on the osmolality numbers, that's what showed me that I can't ramp up the sodium too much without subtracting in some other areas. And while I do need some protein for those long rides, I was able to back down the protein and the carbohydrates just a little bit in order to replace it with some more sodium without upsetting my stomach and without putting too much into my stomach all at once. Mm-hmm. As far as uh, technology for measuring my intensities or how I know uh, how hard I'm going, uh, my power meter from Quark uh, sits in what's called the crank set of the bike, and that measures my wattage output. Uh, it has 10 strain gauges, basically built into the into the axle uh, of the bike where you where you pedal the crank set or bottom bracket area, and it tells me my uh, precise wattage in both uh, one-second average absolute terms, as well as a three-second average, a 30-second average, and an average for the ride. And when I'm doing precise intervals I'll watch all of those numbers to know just how hard I'm working now and how hard I've been working
0: does that have a wire then that comes out of that that, that you get that information out of is that how that works it connects into a computer on the bike
2: that cork power meter actually transmits on the uh, using ant plus uh, okay. the ant plus mm-hmm. technology mm-hmm. to the Garmin edge 500 okay
0: so. all right so there's some wi- some wireless communication going on exactly there. right that's exactly cool. right it's got
2: a bat. I mean it's got a user replaceable battery that uh,
0: that's pretty cheap I imagine a uh, product
2: uh not a, not a, <laughs> Maybe not, not, a, not exactly remember that that first bike i told you i bought to ride back right. and forth to school i think i could have bought two of those yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the cost of this uh this crankset but it's really helped me find define that uh that kind of that what exactly is that knife's edge because what i've learned i had used heart rate for so many years as a training tool and i would go out and say okay i know i want to do five minutes of zone five heart rate making it as hard as i can go well last year i went out and and did one of those five minute hard as I can go zone five intervals, uh, looking at heart rate, but recording in, in wattage recording wattage, uh, of that ride. And what I learned is that for years I'd been doing five minute intervals that were way too hard for the first minute and not hard enough for the next four minutes, because there's quite a delay really in your heart rate responding to that effort. I've also got some fairly fast twitch fibers, uh, in the legs that, uh, need to be restrained. So what I found is that the perfect five minute or ten minute or twenty minute or even now hour long intervals that I'm doing, they usually feel too easy at first. But by the end, they feel plenty hard. And the importance is having that steady effort. So for years, all those five minute heart rate based intervals that I thought I was doing were really uh, more like one minute intervals with crappy recovery.
1: Oh. Have you ever measured your fast twitch and slow twitch uh, muscle?
2: Uh, I, have not, uh, I have not done that. Mm-hmm. I've got some indicators around it, though, uh-huh. uh, comparing. Uh, there's actually some databases online that show you what uh, a typical cyclist or what a, what a large body of racing cyclists within certain, ca- certain categories can do in terms of maximum power, 30-second power, 5-second power, 1-minute, 5-minute, and 20-minute power. And um, I have really good 1-minute and 5-minute power given my ability category but more like average or just below average 20-minute power. So what it teaches me is that I need to protect myself. And if I burn some fast twitch matches, it can really hurt my 20-minute abil- or my five-hour abilities. So the first hour of those five-hour races needs to feel too slow. Right. And then I can have a good race.
1: Right. <laughs> That's how Jim <gym> is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just going to say, wow, that sounds like a familiar story. Because uh, when we run, I always go out. I always go out too fast. Um, hey, one more quick question. I know we, g- we got to let you go here in a minute, but um, let me ask you this. So um, if you've been listening to this podcast, actually, this is the most uh, fitness geek we've talked uh, in a while. So <laughs> well, it's really awesome. good. Jamie is asking <laughs> some great questions. But um, if, if somebody was just getting started, and I asked Dave the same question, if, if somebody was getting started, they heard these these two podcasts back to back, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not a great runner, but but maybe you know I want to do something. I want to get on a bike. Um, what would be your advice to somebody kind of just getting started in this? Um, certainly, you can spend a whole bunch of money, right? And you've you've spent quite a bit to get your rig to where you want it, right? And in the way you like it. But certainly, it's not required for everybody. But you can't buy the huffy either, right? I mean, I've broken many of many of things that I bought too cheap. Um, shoes can be the same way, right? I can go oh, buy yeah. a thirty dollars pair of shoes at holes and blow those things out or blow my knee out, right, based on it. What's your recommendation if I was just going to get started, somebody came up to you, I said, hey, you know, Ryan, I want a good bike, but I, I don't necessarily want to give away the world on it. What would be your recommendation to me?
2: Oh, really, a r- couple, couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, there are there are definitely huge psychological barriers to kind of getting started in the sport. Because um, people that fall in love with cycling fall in love with cycling, and it's reflected, I think, in their credit card statements. Um... So it's important, I think, number one, to find people that you're going to ride with. Think about where you're going to ride, who are you going to ride with. There are groups out there. Have a friend, have a neighbor. Maybe it's a neighbor that you're going in to buy a bike with. Maybe it's a spouse, friend, someone that you're going to spend some time on that bike with. Because frankly, uh, and I'm, a, I'm about as serious as, as, as it gets around, uh, around here, I suppose. Not to sound too egotistical, but um, it's just as much social as it is competitive and fun. So it's, it's really important to have people to ride with. Um, on those first groups that you might get involved with, uh, a casual group ride, which many of the local shops around here are involved with and, and sponsor and have, safe group rides, get involved in those. And when you first show up, recognize someone's going to have some equipment that looks intimidating. That's just the way it's going to be, but please don't let that stop you because you're going to find out that uh, even though it might look like People have a lot of expensive equipment. You're going to find some really nice folks. Um, my advice would really be uh, stop into the local shops. Find one that's close to your house and easily accessible. Uh, I go to the Trek store at 72nd and, uh, and Jones. Um, find one that's close to your house and uh, be wary of used bikes. I would really encourage a person to buy a new bike from a new shop because nearly all the shops around here offer at least a one if not a two year uh, warranty that includes free adjustments. And so much about enjoying a new bike is having it shifting and braking appropriately, having it be comfortable and, and feeling like it's comfortable. And you really can get into some quality bikes that, uh, that will have you enjoying yourself with others for, for a few hundred bucks. And those, ad- those adjustments for a year uh, or two, depending on the shop, are very much worth it.
0: In a bike store versus big box, like a, sport, a big box sporting store... Um, avoid those, uh, are those bikes going to be okay for a starter. I know I can get, you know, go to sports authority or I can go to a Dick's sporting where I can go to shields. and I can pick up a $500 bike off one of their racks. Is that going to be different than what I buy at a Trek?
2: I would pay really close attention to those, uh, to those, uh, to, to their, uh, free adjustment policy. Uh, I'm not sure if the big box stores have one, but that, if I think the free adjustments for, uh, for a year or two is, is huge. Another thing that I think you'll get at a smaller bike shop that's really going to be uh, uh, of benefit or a more dedicated bike-specific shop is, uh, is going to be concerns about fit, saddles, stems, you know, seats, pedals. There's all those little things, the places where you contact the bike, how wide are the handlebars, how close are the handlebars to you, how high is the seat, does the seat feel right on your butt? And if you're just getting started bike riding, odds, odds are you need to pay a lot of attention to those particular areas. And the folks that work in a small bike, in a, uh, in a bike-specific shop, are really going to be the ones that will pay attention to whether or not you have those right pieces of equipment walking out the door. And uh, most of the good bike shops around here will make sure that you're not just walking out with the bike just as it was configured sitting there on the rack. If you look at it and you think you need a different seat, if you think you need a different stem to move the handlebars closer to you or farther away from you or higher or lower, they're going to make sure that it Fits you and is comfortable, so then you're, so you're not in a situation where you're riding a bike and hating it two weeks later.
1: hmm Um, what pro riders have you rode with and or met?
2: Oh goodness. Um, I met Adam Craig, who was uh, an Olympian, I think, in 2004, uh, mountain biker. Uh, I met him in uh, in O'Hare actually when he was on his way to uh, to Belgium, and I think I was probably the only, of course, professional mountain bikers. Don't really travel with a posse, you know they they sit in, they sit in coach, you know. But right. I think he was pretty excited that I knew who he was. Now I've also been to some national championship races where I've met uh, I've met uh, a few folks that uh, are now racing in uh, in the Tour uh, Tour de France, and uh, I've met uh, met and raced against uh, Jeremy Horgan Kobelski. I say raced against, but that's that th- those guys are. He was at really the race. Right? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> we've been at we've been at the same event. Would be the way to uh, would be the, the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you prefer mountain bike or road, or road bike?
2: Mountain biking is definitely my first love. Um, I do like, and I probably, I ride a road bike more than I ride a mountain bike just because I can get more precise in the type of fitness and workout that I'm doing. Um, but I'll travel over the country to mountain bike races because when you travel, mountain bike trails are different. When you travel to road races, it's still kind of fun, but it's still just pavement.
1: <laughs> That's great. We really appreciate you and your insights on biking and everything that you have, and that is just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, uh, Ryan, appreciate you coming out and and being a part of the podcast. Um, what uh, before we let you go, what uh, tell us again what you have coming up from some uh, from a racing perspective oh. and where those are at.
2: Great question. Well, not only do I uh, not only do I enjoy racing, I also enjoy putting on races. I get to participate in a couple races coming up, and then we've got one that I'm putting on. Yeah, go ahead and plug it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Twin Bing Road Race this Sunday. It's going to be 70 miles and starts in a small town in Iowa called Climbing Hill in the Loess Hills. Oh, then it's wow. got to be good. Yeah, you you nice. know it. It's it's got a reputation, and this will be my first time doing it. So 70 miles with a good group of guys there. Uh, next weekend is the bone bender April 17th Clinton Lake uh, Clinton Lake uh, just outside of Lawrence Kansas with a bunch of folks there I'll be racing my mountain bike for 3 hours with some rocky technical terrain then I'm racing the Voodoo Fire in Pueblo Colorado uh, the Mountain States Cup race in Fruita Colorado the two weekends after that and then on May 7th the local mountain bike race series continues that's the Nebraska Lottery Psy Cow Path uh, hence a play on words there, folks. That's right. It's Nebraska mountain bike racing at Platte River State Park. We've actually had a number of pros that have come out to that, but let me tell you what I love seeing and what I've really made a lot of friends in is we've got beginner or category three categories there, Platte River State Park, where folks will race for maybe 30 to 40 minutes. So a fairly short duration, very not intimidating. And you've got folks that, uh, will will have a few huffy, huffies and, and guys riding in, uh, in jeans and, uh, we love seeing those folks because that's exactly how uh, how I got started was in in jeans and a and an old helmet and a huffy and uh, love seeing those guys yeah, having a good time. Good for the
0: beginner that's out awesome. there. We just ran Platte River State Park last week. Last I heard about that. Yeah, at uh, at the and I can I'll never I won't pronounce it right, so I'm not going to say it. But Ivan Marsh and the uh, team Nebraska uh, host an event out there. And uh, about 500 runners show up, and I, I think take probably some of the same trails yeah. uh, that you guys might uh, that might, you guys might ride on. And fabulous, you know, people think of Nebraska, and we've we've got quite a few uh, listeners here in the U.S. that think Nebraska is a flat corn state, and 99 percent of it's that way. But there are some good, there's some pretty good hill spots um, uh, just across the river. There's some uh, there's some trails that you can do um, out on the bluffs. I imagine there's some things uh, some. Uh, down by the river, uh, there's some places where you can get some elevation, and so uh, we're not all uh, just flat corn here in Nebraska. And there's some good challenges. Hey, one more question, quick before you go: How many calories do you consume typically on a fifty mile on a fifty mile ride? I mean, what give if I'm getting ready for something, say I'm a newbie and I'm I'm coming out for a, a long race, um, how how many calories and what kind of calories?
2: It really is going to. De- I mean, it's always going to depend on the person. Uh, I'm going to look to consume. Right around the 300 mark, maybe 275 to 325 calories an hour for a hard, you know, four to five hour oh, ride. Really?
0: I, I, yeah, okay. That's, I guess I was expecting maybe a little less on that, but, but you're, you probably burn, your calorie burns probably pretty high during the, during the race.
2: In the most intense, well, I'd say, or a five hour, you know, fairly, inti- a five hour race where I'm really working at it. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be around, uh, Eight hundred calories an hour. Okay. For a mm-hmm. two-hour a two-hour race, mountain bike race, it can get up to about a thousand calories an hour.
0: And what's your preferred calorie intake um, food? I mean, what do you what do you carry with you? What do you like to use?
2: I usually put just about all my nutrition in a bottle. Okay. Uh, and mix it with water. It's all liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all okay. liquid. I've found. I mean, there, Lara bars uh, occasionally on those uh, on those longer races, but I'm at the point where I've just about got all the nutrition I need out of a wow. out of a bottle. Okay. Good. And then burritos uh, burritos afterwards
0: ha <laughs> burritos <laughs> you know, breakfast burritos those are some of the uh, some of the favorite i'll be honest with you after a long you know four-hour run i, I can't eat i don't i and maybe i'm not eating enough uh, we've been uh jimmy and i've been monkeying around my nutrition a little bit on the marathon uh, to try and get to figure out what's going to get me from beginning to end and i've struggled with 20 miles you know the three-hour mark seems to be magic for me i just the body starts doing some weird things at three mm-hmm. hours and I think I'm overhydrating and under calorie mm-hmm. um, which sounds really odd. People go, "How do you how do you underhydrate?" Um, but I get really sick if I take in too much water while I'm you know while I'm uh, running. So you had mentioned this in your in your discussion. I think everybody's got to find what's what fits them. You got to do some measurement. You got to try some things. You you got to see what works for you, uh, and then deploy kind of a consumption plan uh, while you're out doing some of those extended events and that goes from everything from a 5k uh, which you probably don't need any calories on but uh, for for runners who are going to do anything beyond 90 minutes Mm -hmm. um, you probably need to think about consuming some calories um, whether you're walking or running or biking or skiing Uh, some skiers forget that they're on the mountain all day and they're exerting some some calories and they wonder why they bonk on the slope uh, and that's because they're not getting the right amount of calories while they're doing it so
1: what does right. your um, caloric intake look like during a normal week?
2: Oh uh, goodness! You know what I and I don't, what kind of foods do you eat? Lack of discipline, so I don't track. Don't track. <laughs> you it just too do whatever much, you, but right? you want. Are, but
0: you, <laughs> are you kind of a whatever you want guy?
2: No, definitely not. Okay. People would mm-hmm. people that know me would say that I'm a picky eater. About a year and a half ago, I cut out. Uh, well, I was reading a little bit about the paleo diet, and while um, I'm not going to, some people can get really self righteous about that, and I'm definitely not one of those folks. Uh, but I pretty much cut out. I cut out dairy and uh, I cut out dairy, gluten, and made rice a very, very rare thing. So my pri- the things I primarily eat are vegetables, uh, lean meats, proteins, tons and tons of fish, tons of salads. Usually two meals a day are a salad. And on my really high volume days, I will supplement that with, uh, with sweet potatoes. I'll bake them. I'll make French fries out of them. I'll make, I'll make a makeshift pancake out of sweet potatoes and bananas even sometimes. But fruit, fruit and sweet potatoes are a huge source of calories for me. And I would say on a, on any given day um I'll probably yeah I I would bet uh 25 to 3000 calories a day is uh, is what I'll eat but then I'll also make sure that on my rides especially in season here when I'm getting close to race weight um I'll take in a lot of calories while I'm on the ride.
0: That 2500 would be just what it takes you to survive throughout the day and then you're going to have some additional calories on the ride to compensate for what you burn on the ride
2: exactly right Kay. exactly right in fact i make it a point to for of uh when it comes to carbohydrates uh i will have nearly all of my carbohydrates uh either during or right after a ride and the, the rest of the d- the rest of the day i'll have you know maybe a banana or a couple of apples um not a ton of uh not a ton of carbohydrate uh i i've got a hmm. i've got a lot of friends that uh are trying different things but there are cyclists out there and athletes out there that uh are working out a lot and think that that justifies you know having a big sandwich or having uh having a bunch of bread and you really just my mindset's kind of changed i'm not really a foodie and i but i guess most folks would say i'm picky about what i eat because i i really look at it as fuel it and is. i really just look at it as fuel and when i know i've got a ride coming up i think about how am i feeling that ride what's already in what's already in my muscles What's already in my glycogen stores, depending on what I did the day before and the day before that, but also uh, what, what I'm going to what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of days. And on a week when I'm traveling or I'm, no, I'm not going to be doing much, you could probably describe my diet as pretty close to an Atkins diet where it's this really high protein, a lot of vegetables, still low fat uh, with, with the exception of fish. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, get, I can get pretty picky about what I eat. Yeah, that's good. That I, I is
1: good. And it's true that you are what you eat. If you eat good food, you're going to feel good. And if you eat crappy food, you're going to feel like crap, you know, and then you'll perform like crap. And so it's just true, you know, you want to fuel your body right to perform right.
2: Yeah, every year – Every, I mean, I I have a scale and I kind of watch my weight. And of course, cycling is one of those weird sports where people you end up with a bunch of guys that dress in lycra and are concerned about how much they weigh because your power to weight ratio really is a determinant. Uh, In fact, I ran some numbers based on my power meter, based on my weight last July, and basing on some, I was comparing it to some published numbers from riders in the Tour de France, and it looked like that if I went as hard as I could possibly go and was really, really pushing myself, I could have stayed with the peloton in the Tour de France on one of their easy days. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: but there's like, no way I could oh have done it for man. 23 days in a row.
0: I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> wow. but then, you know, you get to that point and you think, you yeah, know, I'm a pretty good athlete. And then you start comparing yourself to kind of some of the super athletes. And it's just a different, you know, there's, it, it's just a different level. And, and those, those guys or gals, um, have done, they've been blessed with the right body. Uh, they've done the right things in their lives to get themselves in that situation. And, and they are who they are. And that's okay. You know, the, the, this is on the average guy network, right? That, that we do here. And so we talk a lot about the average guy uh, and what the average guy does. You know, if you're out there listening, it doesn't have to all be that way, right? I mean, you can be a a cyclist and you don't have to measure all that stuff. You don't have to have a crank meter uh, on your sprocket or what I I know. I didn't even use the right terminology (laughs) there, but, um, uh, and yet take it as far as you want. And as you were talking about these things, I kept thinking, wow. I could do some more measuring. I, I, I'm sure I could do some more measuring on my running. I'm sure I heart could. Heart rate. Yeah, I don't, I don't currently do any heart rate measurement uh, when I run. I don't really monitor the calories like I should. Um, we're trying to get the race calories right, but I could probably do more, you know, just, just thinking about the diet that you're on. Um, I could probably do more to change my my weekly fuel intake to to maximize that but i'm that caveman who's like oh eat whatever i want you know i'm working out so i can eat whatever i want and i'm, I'm better than i used to be but it there is a class of us who like to just enjoy oh yeah you know, that. and jamie keeps me in check <laughs> but uh it's it, so it's
2: much it's about the person's personality too you know i mean I, I should mention there are people that i ride with and race with that are that are really darn fast and you know what their training program is is hey let's go ride and when you think you want to turn back and go home let's go a little bit farther and that's what they do. And they do that all year, and they ride a lot. And I've, and I've got some great friends that have, uh, I guess you'd say, is a significantly less structured or less scientific approach. Um, I, I think that my, my scientific approach has helped me break through a couple of uh, personal barriers, but it really is about the personality and enjoying it. And people, I've got good friends that have just really, really good approaches and having a really good time just doing it because it's fun. And at the end of the day, that's why I love it, and I right. hope that I'm still you know, riding and racing. You know, well into my well into my elder years, because it's just fun.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Good good strategy to go into. Uh, if it, if you're not having fun, uh, it's a lot of work for not having any fun. So, Ryan, thanks for taking some time. We'll follow you through the summer. We'll try and have you back maybe if you're if you're game to doing this again. Absolutely game. Maybe have you back uh, later in the summer and get uh, get kind of caught up with uh, what you've been doing and what you're up to and how the cycling's going and what the the most recent challenges are for you and such. People like to kind of hear what's going on with us so thanks for coming out today thank you You so
1: much Ryan we really appreciate it
2: thanks Jamie thanks Jim
0: all right Jamie so we've got uh, we got a couple weeks before Lincoln we've been talking about this since we started the podcast
1: but the runs have been um, running (laughs) (laughs) have been going um, pretty well although I would like to get a long run in with you just to make sure my pace is up to where um, you want to go I mean, I do my yeah. mid-runs with you, but I want a long run.
0: I'm feeling pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. This might be the best uh, shape I've been in. Uh, nice. ready to go. I'm feeling pretty pretty psyched about it. Put in a lot of miles. Uh, put in the time. Haven't been so worried about the fast, um, uh, fast-paced fast runs, so to speak. I've actually slowed my long runs down. Have felt better when I needed to pick it up. Um, looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to test out my theory of, uh, of water. And, and, and uh, food, I'm going to try and eat more and drink less. And that doesn't mean I'm not drinking anything. So if you're panicking, uh, right now <laughs> saying, Oh my God, you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> be no, so dehydrated. I, I know, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I've been drinking water all day. I'll, I'll drink a ton of water tonight. Um, get the body over hydrated, uh, kind of tonight. And that's then perfect. Uh, Tomorrow morning, 7.30, Walnut Creek. Uh, I've got some folks lined up, including our own Carrie Adams, uh, to run uh, 22 tomorrow morning. So it's a a test run, really the last test run of the season um, before Lincoln. Uh, Then uh, we haven't talked much beyond Lincoln. So Bellevue Runway Run, which is a great run, uh, starts at the Lead Center down in Bellevue. That's May 7th. Always on Mother's Day. I remember that. always on Mother's Day, and and Sarah forgives me uh, for coming out on Mother's Day to do that run. Uh, great run. A couple hundred people there. They support it very well. Lots of good food, which is always important for us runners.
1: And you had a cool black dry fit shirt from it, too. Yeah, really, that was really, really
0: cool. And, and so um, that one is coming up. You get to run on the base. They'll ask you for your driver's license. So if you can sign up for that one, I couldn't find a way to do it online. I think you got to go to their website and download the PDF and mail oh. it in. I'm actually just going to register that day. Okay. So it's a little few extra bucks, but it's not such a big deal. Um, and I don't need t-shirts anymore. <laughs> I've got <laughs> enough of those things. So I if bet. you're running for the t-shirts, uh, you know, send your thing in in advance. Um, Bellevue runway runs coming up and then the, um, well, and
1: then on Saturday, May 14th is the lucky bucket run.
0: Yes. That's a busy weekend. And if yes, you like to is. run, you can run the night of the 14th. Uh, and then you can also run the morning of the 15th and the papillion, papillion half. So half being kind of specific to Omaha, there's
1: a 10 K with it as well.
0: Yeah. There's a 10 K mm-hmm. half marathon. So. Yes. Specific to Omaha, but uh, those are some events that are coming up. I'm also going to run both legs. Oh, and I got to sign up for that. Both legs of the Eagle 10K, uh, the Eagle 10K, right. 5K coming up next weekend. I think I'm actually wow. going to register for that one too, hmm. uh, just when I get there. Um, and then
1: Memorial Day, there's the Boys Town runaround. Boys Town. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now I'm taking off. Boys Town So run. my last race will be the Bellevue runway run. And I will. What about Papillion? S- not going to run no? Papillion. That's graduation okay. weekend. I was oh, a yes. senior in high school. So taking that weekend off i'll probably do a long run on my own or maybe i'll gather some folks maybe that would be the weekend that you and i could do a long one um together but uh or i think you want to do that before the lincoln don't you yeah okay <laughs> but so maybe come if not afterwards then. yeah um and then uh, i've got a wedding coming up so i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna mm-hmm. do i'm gonna concentrate my workouts down into shorter 45 minute or 30 minute intense burst workouts do a right. lot of box jumps do a lot of. Um, plyometrics, plyometrics, mm-hmm. kind of get back to High old intensity school. intensity training, kind of develop my core, get uh, yes. strengthen that back up, and
1: bring and, down some uh, body fat. Right through, yeah. You know. mm-hmm.
0: And and use that as an opportunity. I just, I uh, the long runs, I just don't have time for. We got a lot of stuff going on. We mm-hmm. got kids graduating, and kids getting married, and kids moving away, and one joining the air force. And so to be a busy couple wow, months very busy. for us this summer. And then uh, we'll start focusing on Omaha. And I know I said I'd never run a marathon again, but I'm saying right here on the podcast, sub four in Lincoln, Woohoo! we'll shoot for a sub four in Omaha, which there would be go. a real tough.
1: Real tough. That's
0: real tough. And I can't believe I just said that. Good God.
1: Oh, you can do it. I
0: know I can do it. Yes. It just takes so much time to train for right. a marathon.
1: Well, I'm going to run the um, Norfolk Half Marathon on Saturday, June 18th. It's called Laugh and a Half. So I think it's this first year ever. Do you comedy
0: people along the line doing stand-up? I think stand-up so, <laughs> Yeah.
1: And stems back from Johnny Carson's hometown. Okay. Gotcha. So gotcha. that's where they came up with it.
0: Good. Well, mm-hmm. if you're uh, if you're not in the Omaha area, of course, you can find races. Uh, active.com has a, a good site to go to. Um, find a local running club.
1: Um, OmahaRun.org or LincolnRun.org. Yeah, if they you're here in the area. The if
0: you're not, say you're in San Francisco, there's uh, plenty of stuff going on in the Bay Area. I know Alyssa is Priority running Run. Big Sur <laughs> on the 1st. There's yep. a Big Sur half, half marathon going on. I'd love to be out there for that, by the way. Um, I don't think I'm going to make it, but uh, plenty of things for you to do and participate in your area. Active.com, uh, search for clubs, uh, bicycle clubs or running mm-hmm. clubs um, in your area. If you're just not finding things, send me an email. Podcast at theaverageguy.tv. I'll show you how to track that stuff down and, and get to uh, find a race near you.
1: And I believe it's in May. I have to double check on this, but yeah, I think it's end of yeah in May is the Lifetime um, Fitness Kids Triathlon. So that's for ages oh, okay. 7 to 14, and right. you can get the whole va- family involved in a triathlon. Yeah. So, and that is, I think it's in every state or wherever there's a lifetime. Awesome. Fitness.
0: Well, and if you want, you know, uh, we'd be real interested in posting some of your race pictures up, although Facebook's the best place to do that. Um, you know, and there's, and we, of course, we talk a lot about the Mud Mafia. Um, on Facebook, you can uh, go out and search for the Mud Mafia. It's a group you can join. It's a running uh, club you can join. It doesn't cost you anything. And uh, you can be a part of a group of folks that run at all different uh, all
1: different speeds, yeah. all different running styles. Yeah, so it's, it's not just uh, for elites or whatnot. Right. You can also <laughs>
0: find us, uh, the average guy, uh, the average guy network. Um, which is which is a part of the fitness tech of what we do from a fitness tech perspective. Uh, again, go to Facebook, just search the Average Guy Network, and uh, that will get you there. We've been growing that group out there, and you get notified when new podcasts are available. All That's the new, right. all the links are out there as well. We still need to work on your iTunes so that we can get you yes. going. Did you bring it yes. in today so I could look at it?
1: Um, I totally forgot, uh. but I want to talk to you about that.
0: Okay, so. <laughs> Um, If you do, we've got all the links out at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can subscribe via iTunes. I've got RSS links that you can actually click on your cell phone, and it will download the podcast to your phone. That's kind of cool. Android or, uh, well, if you have an iPhone, you would use the iTunes link. Um, We've got some links to Facebook. Uh, We've got some YouTube videos. We're doing tons of stuff. So check out the site, TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have comments or questions for the show, podcast at the average guy dot TV. we'll get that those things to us we'd love to hear we'd love to get some feedback from you
1: yeah you we know? like feedback
0: yeah tell us what we're doing right we don't really want to know what we're doing wrong <laughs> so i no, said so no, no i'm just kidding
1: who knows what that could be. if you have
0: you know you send us good we we never turn down good comments right
1: uh, positive feedback is always encouraged that's right
0: <laughs> uh and and uh but we'd like to hear from you uh success stories uh um, events, things, things that have happened in your life that you want to, to, to share with the world, send them in here and, uh, we'll yeah,
1: we'll love, we would love to celebrate your air. race success, yeah. your, um, physical activity, success, anything, even nutrition. Yeah. If likewise,
0: you if you'd like to blog and, and, you know, Jamie, I need more blogs from you, by the way, yeah, I'm just putting you, you on the are. spot. Yes, that's but it's true. If you <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, if you like to blog, but you don't really want to mess with your own blog. Right, I mean, you're like because I don't want to set it up, blah, blah, blah. Right, so we've got a spot for you if if you want to if you want to blog about uh, nutrition, if you want to blog about uh, fitness, if you want to blog about nutrition and technology or fitness and technology, any of those things, and and or if you just want to try it one time, uh, let me know and and uh, we'll make a spot for you. It's not really hard, and it it doesn't even need to be spelled correctly. No. So podcast at theaverageguy.tv. TV. Jamie, anything else?
1: Um. I think that about covers it. We have a full weekend of racing ahead. I am running my eleven mile run on Sunday morning yeah, at yeah. Lake Serensky.
0: Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck on that, and I'll, I'll, we'll check you. in and I'll let you know how the twenty two goes. That sounds uh, great on Monday, and and uh, we get into the podcast next week. So perfect. Jamie, thanks. We thanks to, uh, thanks to Ryan for coming Thank out and joining Ryan. us, and uh, we'll see you back here next week.
1: All right.